welcome to another edition. It is the Adam Jones Podcast presented by the Baltimore Banner, thebaltimorebanner.com. He's Adam Jones. I, of course, am Jerry Coleman. Thanks for joining us again. We, of course, are brought to you by our friends at Jack Daniels. There's a lot of ways to make whiskey, but there's only one way to make Jack Daniels. Make it count, Jack Daniels. Please drink responsibly, just like Adam. A reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to go out and check out the Baltimore Banner. They're covering the Ravens, the Orioles, the Terps, all the local news across the Baltimore region. And as a special thanks to our listeners and you viewers out there, the Baltimore Banner has a special. Head to thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started again. That's thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ. Get six weeks of unlimited digital access for just $1. That's a deal even I can't pass up. TheBaltimoreBanner.com slash AJ. Also brought to you by our friends by Be More Around Town. They are on their way to Tampa, just like the Ravens. They're going to have over 800 people at this tailgate party, but they still have experiences coming up for you for games in New Orleans. And, of course, the home games coming up here in Baltimore. Check out all their trips at BeMoreRoundTown.com, BeMoreRoundTown.com. I know my brother Brian and my sister Lisa are joining the group in Tampa this week. We're also brought to you by G-Leaf Medical Cannabis. Visit GLeaf.com. Learn how you can become a Maryland medical cannabis patient today. That's GLeaf.com. Medical cannabis, of course, is only for qualified Maryland patients. All right, just to add on this episode... We'll be joined by Judge Reginald Fugit a little bit later, but Adam will rant about being on time. That's a point of uh, emphasis today. In addition, we'll debate whether athletes get too much credit for some of their charitable gestures. We also will hear about Adam's travels during the league championship series from San Diego to the cheesesteaks in Philly, plus former Super Bowl champion Ravens wide receiver and Terp Torrey Smith joins the festivities. But we begin with the Ravens, who kick off at Tampa to open week eight after a very close win against Cleveland. It's not how you win, as long as you win. And, you know, I was texting with my wife at the time. She was like, oh, they got a 60-yard field goal attempt, a 56-yard field goal or something. And she's like, they missed it. They got, they get, they, they won it. And I'm like, it's always close but they pulled it out and that's a big win, especially in this division, because again, uh, Cincinnati's playing really well, uh, as you see. So, uh, it's, 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 it's gonna, it, it took something like that to happen. Like, like uh, big Campbell said, Hey, it's, sometimes it's not how you do it. We we're, I think we're starting to click a little bit more and a little bit better, especially on the defensive side. So hopefully they go to Tampa and keep punching them while they're down because they're not playing good on the offensive side in uh, Tampa. So keep punching them while they're down. Well, if you go by Ravens social media, which you and I don't, you would think the world is falling apart for this team. They do have a winning record. They're tied for first place in the AFC North. Yet there have been too many close calls, I think, and uh, too many games they've had to sweat out in the fourth quarter, even though they've had these double-digit leads. And, you know, you play team sports your whole life. Is there a sense where athletes get a little bit comfortable when they look at the scoreboard? I don't think so. And I think people should stop tweeting live. Just imagine that if you just watched the game and did not tweet one play, unless obviously it's your job. But if, if the just the fans of sports just watch the game and never tweet it, and then at the end of the game, let it all out. I think that I think Twitter would be 
it's, it'll be happier or sad. It won't be the whole entire roller coaster of a game of we're winning, we're down, we're up, we're down. Oh, we lost. Oh, we won. Just a roller coaster of emotions and of hatred and whatever that people just be out there spewing. So I wish that could happen. If people just was like, I'm just going to watch the whole game and then I'll tweet. They probably won't even want to tweet. Well, they're at the quarter pole position right now as we talk. And again, they survived the win against Cleveland. They go down to Tampa. This team has had trouble with the secondary, especially Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey at times and trying to contain these quarterbacks and wide receivers. It seems like there's only a couple of dominant teams right now, Adam, in the AFC. And you got to start with Buffalo, which has already beat the Ravens. And then there's Kansas City. And it seems like the rest of the bunch. But there are a lot of teams lingering around, including the Ravens. Well, that's the beautiful part about it, you know. You still got a lot of games to go. It's 10 games to go. And you got a great chance right now to pull ahead of people. You got a great chance on Thursday to pull ahead of people because, you know, the other teams have to wait till Sunday and they're looking ahead and like, oh man, the Ravens already won. I have to win to keep up with them. So, but as the Ravens already know, if you take care of your own business, you'll be fine. And that's what they're good at is always handling their own business. So I'm sure that at the trade deadline, something might happen because there's always the speculation of what you need and what you, uh, you know, what you're lacking that goes for, uh, you know, all the teams. So just hope that they are able to address something that they need to and, you know, do it the Raven way, pound the ball and, uh, you know, play good defense. I'm Jerry Coleman. He's Adam Jones. It is the Adam Jones podcast presented by the Baltimore Banner. This segment brought to you by Be More Around Town. The New Orleans Monday night tailgate and Jacksonville trips still have some availability. Head to BeMoreAroundTown.com to be a part of those festivities. Again, BeMoreAroundTown.com. Now, as far as the Ravens wide receiver core goes, it was great to have Bateman back. They bring in Deshaun Jackson as a safety valve uh, because there's a lot of inexperience there. But then we see guys like Devin Duvernay make plays the other day. So, And Gus Edwards is back on the train. We'll see how he recovers after coming off, being off more than a year with this knee surgery. So it's great. But then you lose a guy like J.K. Dobbins. And, you know, as a guy who played pro sports, I'll go back to it once again. The Ravens really aren't fans of that turf up there at the Meadowlands. I don't understand why a lot of these teams can't just grow grass. That's what Steve Bishotti has gone out and done at a very high expense, but right. why can't teams, you know, north of Baltimore try and grow grass? They have the resources. Well, first off, injuries, that sucks. I've seen the Dobbins one is that that sucks because he's battled some some tough injuries. Um, health is always the most important thing. And, you know, with a lot of the guys on the receiving core coming back, that is great. But when you talk about the grass, um, it's better. I, I know it's better south of the Mason-Dixon. I don't know if that <laughs> – whatever, but – I think each team can do it, but it, again, it comes at a high cost because turf is a one-stop shop, and then you can maintain it. Grass is obviously these guys, these big fellas are going to tear up this turf, but at the same time, grass is the best because these guys are big, and they're planting so hard that when they turn and they use that that uh, that jolt of energy to cut the other way, that grass will let that foot slip. So if they slip, they slip. The turf sometimes will catch that knee, catch that ankle, <clears throat> and that's the worst that could happen. And I've seen it many times where guys do that on turf and guys do it in batter's boxes in certain times where the clay or the dirt underneath does just holds on to it rather than if you slip, you just slip and that's okay. It's a little bit better. I should say. 
How about the way you're assessing Lamar Jackson's game? Didn't have one of his better games last week. Didn't throw the ball a whole lot, to be honest with you. Had a couple of chances to break away some runs for touchdowns. I did like that uh, that fourth down call where the direct snap went to Andrews. So like direct that. Roman critics can get off his back for at least a week. But what about number eight, where he is right now and looking for that contract and the bigger picture? I don't think he's worried about the contract. I think he's worried about, just like he says in, in every interview, getting better, getting better as a unit, making sure that, you know, they're keeping their tight core, the tight core health, making sure that, you know, they're a well-oiled machine. He can only do so much. He can't do every single thing on the field. He can only do so much. And I think that, you know, teams are, are, are creating defenses for him. You have to. He's one of the quarterbacks that you have to create an entire defensive scheme for him. And when they put Andrews back there, at quarterback and do that pitch, I'm sure that all the teams right now seen that play because it's blasted everywhere because what was what's going on? And he got positive yards because he's I mean, we are know he's so explosive with the ball. And they're gonna teams are gonna now focus on that. They, there's a he what I love about him is that he makes defenses, defensive coordinators continuously have to evolve instead of like, oh I know how he's played, I know how he played this week. Cause he seems like each week he can do something different. So you have to always stay on your P's and Q's with him, That which is a great weapon to have. Well, the Ravens and Lamar have never played in Tampa since he joined the franchise. The Ravens under Coach Harbaugh have never lost in Tampa. They haven't been there since 2014. We were talking about how well they did against Cleveland, now 26-2, and two, but uh, never have lost to the Lions or Buccaneers under Coach Harbaugh. And they'll basically have a bye in between this game against Tampa, and then the next game will be on a Monday night November the 7th against New Orleans, and then comes the bye week. So they have a lot of time in between these games, which is great. Uh, real quickly on the other side, I did want to ask you about Tom Brady and the fact that this guy now has left the team twice, uh, once to attend a wedding for his former boss. Earlier, it was 12 days at training camp. Uh, do you ever see that in baseball where guys just take off and tell the manager, I'll be back, you know, in a week or two? It's It's rare. Uh, only guy I've really ever seen do that was uh, Manny Ramirez when spring training started. I guess he went to Paris. Like I forgot what what year it was. Um, no, no, you don't see it. Um, but Tom Brady has a little bit different cachet than most people. Um, it's still uh, unprofessional in a way to me, I, I believe. But if it didn't impede with practices, like if it didn't impede with his with practice going to the wedding, I mean, obviously he has his own private accommodations. If it didn't impede in anything team wise, it doesn't matter to me. Um, well, if you're at that walkthrough, if you're standing there and looking around saying, gee, where's number 12? He's not here. He's at a wedding. I mean, well, you know. yeah, I'm saying if it didn't impede at practice or something like that. Yeah, I would definitely have a problem because okay. at the end of the day, I mean, I know it's Mr. Kraft's wedding and it's probably his last one. But, hey, <laughs> you signed up. You could have retired like you said previously. So um, to me, I just think that was it. If it impeded practice that's not a good thing um the in spring and then in the spring um when he missed a, a good chunk uh, i don't know what he was doing if it was family time um but honestly i think, I think it was i think he earned that sort of time away um that's that's as far as i'm gonna say it's a personal matter that's not in my dang business all right well it does bring <laughs> us to a nice transition here in our heckle d's rant Adam Jones Weekly Rant, of course, presented by our friends at Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels has always made whiskey, and if they have it their way, they always will. But there's one thing Jack can't make more of, and that's moments. 
Those are on us to create. So let's make sure when we're making the most of every moment we have, make it count with Jack Daniels, as Adam will, a little bit responsibly later. So what are you ranting about this week? It's your turn this time. Thank you. It's about being on time. Uh, and this goes to myself, too. I'm one of the biggest procrastinators with time. And as I'm seeing that I'm not the person that is coddled to uh, as I was as an athlete, people don't people are really serious about time. Extremely serious. When I wore a uniform, as you see behind me this way, that way, there you go. People were OK. Like, OK, oh, he's a little bit late. He might have to do something. People might stop him and all that. But now that I don't got a uniform on, don't nobody know who the hell I am. And I'm still like borderline on that time. I need to be better personally. So this is around against myself. Other people need to be better at getting on time, especially the former athletes. And I was out in Marbella trying to get a golf time. And I mean, I got a golf time and I was late. I was late by like four minutes. And as you know, if you golf, it doesn't work if you're late because people are trying to go. On the PGA and Tour, they'll DQ you. hundred percent. And I went and it was like, we gave up your time. And I'm like, I was four minutes late. He's like, should have been here 20 minutes early. And I'm like, you're right. And I, I felt I felt that it's important now that I'm not a, I'm not the person to cater to. I need to worry about other people's time also. So being on time now is about to start to be of utmost respect and utmost importance to me. And if I've ever been if, if you see me late, call me out on it because I'm going to try to be on time, if not earlier. All right, we'll mark the tape there for future podcasts. And that was a very timely rant presented by Jack Daniels. Now let's travel beyond Baltimore. And this is where during the podcast each week, we try to give you a national perspective. Adam, let's get into your travels during the MLB postseason. Yeah. Since we last spoke, you were in San Diego. You've been to Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, allegedly, uh, watching more playoff <laughs> baseball. We'll get into the whole cheesesteak scene a little bit later. But what was the atmosphere like in San Diego compared to Philly? And you were there when the Phillies clinched at the yeah. Padres' expense. So I got in game four, San Diego versus the Dodgers. And obviously being from San Diego, but working with MLB, it's kind of, you know, you got to be neutral. And I've – I've heard a stadium loud and San Diego in LA is such a rivalry um, that it, it stretches to the football and stretches to, you know, before me and to hear that stadium go so crazy when the Padres won game four, it was magical. I mean, yeah, all my friends and family just going nuts, the city of San Diego, just, this was me all over again, being a 13 year old boy, like I told Machado and then I get to Philly. I mean, then the Philly series happens and it's like it's a lot of energy, but it's a little bit less because San Diego Philly doesn't really have a connection. You know, there's no there's no real history with there. So it was like, OK, we're on to the next series. This is awesome. But it's not the Dodgers. So we get to game. I get to game three in Philly. And then it's like, oh, man, this is a completely different atmosphere. People are booing Bryce Harper, obviously, in San Diego. But it's like, boo. But we know you're good. You're a stud. In Philly, it was boo. F you, Machado, F you, all you guys on the Padres, it, everybody. There was not one that did not get a just like a less boo. Everybody was screw you. And that's why he says brotherly love, because the Phillies are their brothers and they love them. Um, and it just was a different atmosphere. It was, you know, obviously Philadelphia is a completely different city economically than San Diego. So I'm not going to get out on that, but just a different city. And the 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 energy in that ballpark, I've 
uh, I felt energy like that, obviously being on the field, but being in the stands, being able to be around it, that was magical. And, you know, <laughs> Philly earned it. They deserved it. They, they, they've uh, worked their tails off to get there. So they got to go up against the juggernaut and uh, of Houston. So I think it's going to be real fun. It's going to be a challenge. And they got the fan base to that, that will ride out and support them in, in a big, big way. But if they don't, they boo like a mofo up there. Ooh, <laughs> a little bit booing. of a fake cough Ooh, about Philly booing. earning it. Oh, uh, yeah, they did earn it. I mean, this is they a did. team that fired their manager. I wonder what Joe Girardi's thinking about right now, watching this team in the World Series. And now they're going up against the mighty Astros. Uh, I don't know why baseball's waiting until Friday. We can debate that a little bit later. But, <laughs> I mean, the fact that they're missing out of against going against a crappy Thursday night football game and all these days off I think is wrong. But I don't see how you beat the Astros pitching. It's going to be a tough match. But when you're riding a tough wave, when you're riding a wave like that, and, and they got they have a tremendous offense. Let's not say that they're slouches. I mean, you got Gene Secura hitting eighth. They have a really good offense. Um, but you're going against one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. And but 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 the cool part about the World Series, you know, watching it all over the years because I ain't never been, is that people and you see in the playoffs, people are willing to do what it takes to win. At this point, it doesn't matter who is the and you know, obviously everybody wants to be the. LCS MVP, the World Series MVP. Do you think anybody on the, uh, that team cared that Bryce Harper was the MVP of the LCS? Do you think anybody cares that Pena was the LCS? No, they care that they're in the World Series. So guys are going to sacrifice numbers, anything, humility. If it look, if it makes them look funny, they don't care. To win that and hoist up that championship, which obviously I've never done, only watched, I've seen, I've seen guys do what it takes. And – both teams are going to do what it takes. So let's see who does it better. All right. Lastly, why all this time in between games? You baseball players, you're into a routine. Yep. And now we go five or six days in between games. It's kind yeah. of crazy. Well, it's advertisement. Hi, guys. It's all about it's all about advertisement. And they already have created the schedule for it. And it is what it is. I mean, Friday night, they got it by itself. Saturday, they're going to go against a uh, – I, I don't. I forgot, is it – uh, Penn State, Ohio State. I'm not sure of that of that game. It sounds like a primetime game, not a mm -hmm. one o'clock game. Um, and then they're off Sunday. Then they got Halloween. So Halloween, they're going to go against the Monday night game, which I don't know of at this present moment. But I think I think they could the World Series game three can uh, can beat uh, Monday night football. And then they got Tuesday and Wednesday, and then again uh, Friday, Saturday. So. I, you know, I'm not in that business. You gotta, you gotta talk to uh, to the advertisements, and I would love to talk to as many as we can to get. It's a here. TV dollars. There's no doubt about that <laughs> for sure. Right. We'll, we'll we'll get into the World Series once the games get going on our pad pad or podcast, as we call it, next week. All right, let's head down a level. Let's yeah. shine the spotlight as we do every week. It's our Baltimore athlete spotlight. From Varsity Sports. It's brought to you by our friends, of course, at the Baltimore Banner, who is in a partnership with Varsity Sports. And this week, the spotlight shines on. And congratulations to Peyton Shenning from Mercy Soccer. Peyton Shenning's a senior with the Mercy Soccer team. She scored her 14th and 15th goals, Adam, of the season last Wednesday to lead third, the third-ranked Magic to a 2-0 victory over top-ranked John Carroll. So big win for number three against number one. They clinched the top seed for Mercy for the upcoming one AA MA conference playoffs. 
It was the first time in school history that now the second-ranked Magic, they've gone up in the rankings, achieved the top seed. And Chenning, who's committed to play her college soccer at UMBC, has emerged as one of the top players in the state after a strong freshman campaign. Chenning's sophomore year was canceled by COVID and the pandemic. She missed her junior year with a knee injury. So what a great redemption story. Congratulations to Peyton Shenning. I don't know if she was named after that quarterback who once played in Indianapolis, but she's a, she's a woman of her own volition now, and uh, congratulations. Well done. Peyton, awesome. Coming back from a tough injury, that, that shows perseverance. That shows what you really want. That shows who you really are and continued success. And again, Varsity Sports, and it's brought to you by the Baltimore Banner. You can check out more by heading to thebaltimorebanner.com. All right, let's bring in our first featured guest on the Adam Jones podcast. Adam spoke so much in week one, we didn't have time for a guest. So <laughs> thankfully, we have time for former Ravens wide receiver and Super Bowl champ, the former Terpies wearing the jacket. He is Tory Smith, big TV star as well. Tory, thanks for being on the Adam Jones podcast. What did it take to get you on? I mean, what type of dirt does AJ have on you? <laughs> Listen, you know, that's my big brother right there. So he calls, I'm coming. I'm excited that uh, his voice, that he has his own show, that he's able to, to be himself because, you know, his personality is, is infectious for sure. Well, he's a wallflower, but he's got a few questions for you. You know how shy he is. <laughs> yeah, man, this is just what's going on with you. Obviously, you you know, you, I pay attention. We find each other on social media. But uh, that guy, the Tory Smith. What's going on with you? How, what's 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 some some things you got your hands in? Man, these days it feels like you know my media, my kids, and coaching. You know, um, all all great things. Uh, super busy. You know, managing the time, trying to make sure that I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But I'm enjoying it, man. I, I've never felt better. I'm coaching my boys right now in the middle of football season. Everyone's focused on the Ravens and what's going on in the, in the league. But my focus is the eight U East Howard County Jaguars for the next few weeks. <laughs> You know, trying to go get a Super Bowl and compete there. But I'm loving it, man, watching my son grow. And uh, it's been an amazing fall. That's what about amazing. the parents? Yeah, what about the parents and <laughs> dealing with them at the games? You know, everyone thinks their kid's going to be a professional player. I'm talking to two right now. Are you seeing the way the parents are involving themselves? Uh, is it getting better or worse from your perspective? Well, that's interesting that you asked that because when it comes to my team, our parents are awesome. You know, everyone's on board with being disciplined because I don't coach because I, I mean, I love watching the kids get better. It's awesome. It's definitely rewarding, but it's about teaching them the life lessons that I learned through the game um, and, and how to be better from that. So that's really why I do it. But then you see social media, people creating pages for their kids and talking all kinds of trash and talking about how much exposure they need. I'm like, these kids can barely spell their name. And you're talking about exposure, like <laughs> let them grow, let them do their thing. But I love it. I, I love the kids that are active and each and every week, you know, I get to meet a new group and, you know, enjoy stepping on the field with them as well. That's awesome. Hey, in Barcelona, where we live right now, the parents aren't even allowed at practices. Like they shut the practice down for these kids. Wow. It might have eight and six year old. I'm like, one's a basketball practice, one's at football practice, soccer. And we can't even watch them. And I, I think it's pretty cool, though, so that, you know, there's no favoritism, no parent is saying, well, my kid's this and my kid's that. So then we just go watch the game and like just just watching them, just watching you guys just play. And we, it's not like no favoritisms or or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, it's all about trust, you know, and, and I actually love that idea. Uh, but as a parent, you got to trust that you're led by the right people. For me, on the football side, you know, everyone thinks their son is the greatest. So I love that the parents are there. So 
playing time. I told the kids from the beginning, your parents paid for six plays. You have to earn the rest. So if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, then you're not going to play. But if you do your job, you know, you're going to have opportunities. So I'm very honest, but parents are able to watch and see that all across the board. That's yeah, awesome. And obviously coming from you. Six plays. Yeah. <laughs> you was for sure, Jerry. Yeah. They You probably said I only want three because you got hurt on the last on the third play. <laughs> probably true. Uh, let's move along to the Ravens and where they're at right now. Obviously, if you look on social media, you would think this team is in last place. But it's been a topsy-turvy season thus far. You follow the games, I know, and – at least they're making it interesting, but sometimes a little bit too much in terms of interesting. And uh, Lamar even said the other day he's tired of the nail biters, Tori. Hey, that, at this point, it feels like that's a part of the process of being a Raven. You have to deal with the stress, you know. But the reality of it is that's just this game. It, every game you would love for it to be a blowout. But you have to remember those guys on the other side get paid too. And each and every week, that's the challenge of deciding, hey, can we close the deal, right? That's the difference between – this team being 14 and two, like they were a few years ago. And really they could be undefeated this year, but just a few plays are the difference between getting over the hump. And when you get it done, it leads to great season. When you don't, it kind of goes up and down a little, but the reality of it is this team's in first place. Um, they have everything that you need, which I love watching fan Twitter drives me nuts, but I love watching it because you watch people panic so much. And I'm like, they're like, we need this. We need to do this. I'm like, well, literally only, been behind for like three minutes all year and could have been undefeated. So had a play or two gone the other way, you would have been undefeated. So would you say, Hey, we need this. Like you, sometimes you have to put things into perspective. And at the end of the day, the goal is to get to the playoffs and give yourself a chance. And this roster has everything that they need. They just have to continue to take care of business when it matters the most. I like what you said. They get paid too. People forget that. I know you, <laughs> they're not going, it's not practice. You're going against other guys that they get paid too. They gonna play to that the end of the whistle on their side too. So that's a very very important important point that sometimes people forget. Yeah, I, I understand that, and I you know, it's professional sports. That's the way it works. What about the way? And you know, we were talking earlier in the podcast about Steve Bashotti going out, spending the money, and making it a grass field. I don't know what the heck they're playing on up there at the Meadowlands. It didn't help J.K. Dobbins' knee. Uh, you as a professional player playing on grass as opposed to turf. When are they just going to outlaw turf? It has no really redeeming quality whatsoever, Tori. Yeah, I don't think they'll ever outlaw it simply because of its flexibility. You know, people view NFL stadiums as just for the football team. Well, times have changed. These are event spaces, you know, and venues for teams to make money. And it's hard to maintain a grass depending on where you live. If you're in Buffalo, you're never really going to maintain grass in a healthy way. And just like in Pittsburgh, they play on grass, and it's absolutely horrible. It's probably worse than any turf field out there, but it's yeah. grass. And so I think it kind of depends on the climate. And the reality of it is, no matter what you do, you always run the risk of getting hurt. And, and it's just, you know, it seems like a lot this year with guys in turf. But the reality of it is, that's always the risk you run. You know, I've seen guys tear their knees and uh, blow their Achilles on grass with no one touching them. So that's just kind of the – the cost of it, but the reality of it is every player really loves playing on grass, but the NFL is a business and everyone knows that's never going to be the case across the board. True. Event space. Biggest thing. I mean, these they're concerts and you bring in all this big old equipment onto these fields. I mean, and then, I mean, they're, they got to do their job in a timely manner. You think they really care that they just chipped up some of this, some of your grass. They don't. And then they have to put it back. 
you played on stadiums that were a baseball stadium one day and then have had to switch it to a football stadium like that. They always talked about it and then reversed it when the ba- the, uh, the football, the baseball players had to play on the football stadium in Oakland. It, it, the grass is so chewed up after you guys are done with it because your spikes are a little bit different than baseball spikes mm-hmm. and you guys cut way too hard. Y'all aggressiveness is just completely different and y'all cuts and just how y'all do everything. And if it's turf, it's obviously, it looks a lot aesthetically. It looks clean every day. It looks great. It looks beautiful, but it's, it's a business. So that's why they keep it. That's a big reason why they keep it. Yeah. It's never going anywhere. And people don't want to be honest and simply say that, but I was in San Francisco, beautiful grass field, by the way. But they had the ability because of their weather, they could roll in a new field like it was nothing. But if Taylor Swift's going doing back to back concerts, bringing in four million a pop, eight million a pop, or whatever it is, they don't care about those eight, nine football games. Taylor Swift, Beyonce, whoever else is selling <laughs> it out is making, making way more money over the course of the year. So people have to be honest about what to expect. It is the Adam Jones podcast brought to you by the Baltimore Banner. He's Tory Smith. I'm Jerry Coleman along with Adam Jones. And one of the other reasons I brought up the grass versus turf is the concussion issue. You slam Mm -hmm. your head against that turf, you're more susceptible to concussions. How much do you think the NFL truly cares about concussions? Or did the Tua situation sort of force their hand this year, Tory, in your opinion? Yeah, I I think they care about it, but just like anything else, you know, we mentioned the grass and turf. It's funny. I, I got knocked out in San Francisco by hitting my head on a grass field. So it's like you, if you're playing, it can happen. You know what I mean? And so I think everyone would love to be safe and, hey, everything's going to be fine. But at the end of the day, it's a contact sport. There are so many different things. Like people talk about concussions. When I tell you I was messed up from this concussion, had I been able to play, I wouldn't. I wasn't cleared for about two months. So wow. it wasn't even like. It was a problem. Like, I was jacked up, right? But that was from hitting my head on a grass field, playing football. It wasn't someone knocking me out. It wasn't anything. And so I think when you just understand that's just the game and the way it's played, it's just important to continue to enforce things and say, like, it's like being in NASCAR and saying, hey, you're going to race, but there's never going to be an accident. You know there's going to be an accident. What can you do to protect yourself as much as possible as science goes, whether that's – I don't think adding a game adds to that. However, you know, it adds to the revenue. So there's always give and take when it comes to business. And on the, as a player, you know, you know what you're getting into, but you definitely want to be as safe as possible and trying to, you know, maintain yourself mainly really down the line, you know, when you're going to feel it the most. True. Now, as far as, uh, you know, the way the season is going for the Ravens, again, we're at the quarter pole position. Uh, we were talking earlier. It seems like the dominant teams are Buffalo. Kansas City, but the Ravens are lingering around with a number of other teams. I mean, there's still a chance for them to get on a run here. You go back to last year, nobody was talking about Cincinnati around week seven or week eight, Tori. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the NFL. Like, I, I when people lose their minds over the first few games of the season, I'm like, all right, that's okay, nice, right? Who cares who's in first place now? It matters at the end of the season, you know, as you're trying to earn your playoff spot. And I remember there was a stretch, even when we won the Super Bowl here in 2012, where, you know, we had a stretch where we were struggling, you know, and people from the outside were like, oh, they're not that good. They're not that good. We knew what we were capable of, but the same things that you're complaining about now, not finishing things, we were doing those same things. It's about getting hot at the right time, because if the Super Bowl winner was declared after week six, the Arizona Cardinals would have been the best team two out of the last three years. So it's important that you continue to carry out and ball out for the full season and be ready towards the end. I always tell people it's better to be hot 
at the end of the season than to kind of maintain what you have going on now early on, even though it feels good and these wins do count. One other quick question. Uh, you were reunited with your Super Bowl winning teammates from Super Bowl 47. I was amazed, and I was telling Adam this, at some of the pictures being taken. There were guys who have lost a lot of weight since their playing days. I'm not going to mention any names. <laughs> some are linemen. Some play on the defense. It's not really the wide receivers or the quarterback <laughs> or the running back, but it's amazing the body shape changes that go on. Uh, did anyone in particular catch your eye? Listen, when you see Marshall Yonda or Gino Gronkowski looking like they played receiver and we have some of our other skilled guys looking like they played lineman, that's like the NFL circle. You know what I mean? Like guys got to take care of business because skilled guys have been running forever. And mm -hmm. then now, you know, they had to work. They stopped working out as much. And it's like, hey, man, you can't do it. But you see those linemen. I think it's amazing, you know, that they're able to carry. Some of these guys are down literally 75 pounds. I mean, it's unbelievable how great some of them look. And on the flip side, on the funny side, some of the skilled guys, you know, you would never know they play the skill position. So my joke that I live by is I hate working out. I don't like working out. It's not fun. I worked out to be good. I didn't work out to look good or to for my health. Now I've tricked myself into saying, hey, it's about being active long term. But the reality of it is I work out so that when I go to school and I take my kids to a field trip or we go somewhere, his friends never have to ask, what position did I play? You know I played receiver or corner or something else. Don't question if I was a lineman. So that's my goal and why I work out. Same way. I'm a center fielder. I'm not, not a first baseman. Are you saying first baseman or overweight, Adam? Or Can be. Shape? In the old days, they were, yes. They're big time. Well, big is that why they stuck me? Or right fielders. I mean, in Little League, they stick you in right field if you're the worst. And you played that was right my there? natural position. Hey, your parents paid. Your parents paid. You got a couple Yeah, I got six plays, like Tori said. <laughs> exactly. Six plays. All right, before we let you go, how about the Terps? They got a bye week coming up. Uh, but they're coming off a win against Northwestern. It looks like Loxley has turned around this program, and uh, they're headed in the right direction in a very strong conference. Man, I, I love it. You know, Coach Loxley's been a process getting there, and anyone that took on that job, which I was fighting for him, he was the perfect guy for the job. You knew it was going to take some time. You know, you're competing in the Big Ten, one of the best conferences in football, and you cannot win if you don't have the players. And I think he's done a great job of, bringing them in slowly, and you're starting to see what a few years and a few different classes looks like. And I'm excited for them. Bo eligible already. Um, Should have and could have beat, you know, Michigan a few weeks ago, and they were the number four team in the country. I mean, it's unbelievable the growth over the past few years, and I'm excited to see what's to come because the, the local kids are buying in, and uh, he has a real opportunity to do something special there in some time. But right now it's building in the right direction, and I love going to all the home games. All right, Adam, anything else? Nah, man, appreciate your time. Uh, we're going to be in the contact. Let's get something to eat while I'm in town, and uh, hope the family's doing great. Yeah, let's do it, man. Appreciate it. Love to the family. Open your palate. You got a small palate. I'm going to open the palate. Okay? Let's do it. <laughs> Tori, I want to thank you for your time. You can put this on your resume as your the first ever guest on the Adam Jones podcast. Yes, I don't know. There It'll we be go. right under Super Bowl champion, I know, but thank you for being here. Thanks, I appreciate y'all having me. All right, do want to thank our guest, Tory Smith, the former Raven. Wow, that was a lot to get from Tory, and he has a lot of experience, not only on the field, but behind the microphone as well. So gratitude to Tory. Always. Time now. And again, you're listening and watching the Adam Jones podcast. We're on YouTube. 
We're on iTunes. We're at thebaltimorebanner.com, Spotify, a number of places you can find us. Let's argue a little bit more because I don't think we've argued enough for my taste. It's time for our Jerry versus Jones debate. And with that, we bring in the judge, Judge Reginald Fugit. Your Honor. What's up, guys? What's up? Thank you for bringing me on again. Again, my favorite segment. This week, we will be debating athletes who are bringing cameras with them on charity trips or letting everyone know they left a 100% tip. We will do this segment uh, 30 seconds uh, each, and then we will make room for a rebuttal. Again, another 30 seconds each, and then I will create the verdict. So at this point, Jerry won last week. We'll start with you, Jerry. You're on the clock. All right. I'm going to say this about the athletes who like to make contributions via charity. I think it's well gestured in some fashion, but why the cameras have to be there is beyond me. I don't know if it's the team pushing them or the athlete pushing them, but my mom, the late Jan Con Coleman, always taught me to be anonymous. Show gratitude secretively. Don't get out there and pound your chest and let everyone know that you left a 100% tip and put it out on Twitter. That should be up to the server to do that, okay? That shouldn't be up for the athlete. Let the server acknowledge your generosity. Let other people acknowledge your generosity. I don't need you to tell me or the cameras to tell me. All right, that's time. That's time. Okay, Adam. (laughs) Uh, Hey, I agree with you on one thing, the tip part. Don't, don't, Don't do that. I agree with that. But when it comes to the cameras... As long as it's in good taste, as long as it's in good faith, it's because this is documentation of for your portfolio, for the team's information. To that, so because they're using this for their own charitable stuff too, which again brings in dollars, brings in brings in the fans, shows that they're in the community. And again, I get it if you just go out there and do it by yourself when and when no one there, but when you show that you're there and you sh- you have the cameras, they're able to edit it and make it presentable. They're able to make it uh, professional and they're able to show the soft side of you. It's so opposed to just the angry side of you. Especially All right. Of an athlete. That's, so that's time. It's all about love. That's it. Okay. And you that's need time. it. You okay. Need Jerry rebuttal. You get, you get a rebuttal. Here's my rebuttal. It's all about the tax write-off. I know what the motivation is for a lot of these guys <laughs> having the cameras there documenting everything that's going on. It's a big tax write-off for their foundation or whatever covert thing they're doing to try and take some money back from Uncle Sam that they don't want to have to pay. Listen, they do it for a good reason, but also the motivation for a lot of these guys is a tax write-off. I've spoken to accountants. I know these things. So I understand sometimes the motivation may not be all wholesome. There may be something else involved where the accountant or the business manager calls and says, you know, you need to do something charitable right now. Okay. All right. There you go. That's your time there, Jerry. All right, Adam, you get the last word. What's wrong? What's wrong with being charitable? What's wrong with being charitable and then getting a break for it? You should be, you should be like rewarded for being nice in a way you're giving your time and your money. Again, the time anybody could do money, not necessarily. You should be able to finagle your way a little bit and, nitpick and get a little bit back of it because you're being generous you don't have to do this okay don't be afraid to be generous jerry all right guys okay here we go here we go all right i've heard from both parties and i got a verdict drum roll the winner of this week's debate goes to the athlete in adam jones really fan applause hey so you guys are one and one next week's gonna be up uh, a great debate for next week thank you Setting off a one-in-one. 
The things Take you care, can guys. Get done being charitable, Jerry. Thank Jesus. you, Reggie. I, I thank. Do it for the right reasons, not look at me. But all right, they are doing uh, it for the right reasons. They can get things built. They can get things done, and they can get you know a benefit from it. Yeah, that's everybody wins in that situation. If you if you're honest, if you be honest with me. All right, we'll finish up things here on this latest edition of the Adam Jones podcast. And please go out there, give us five stars, rate it, and review because. You know, that helps us in the podcast world. Socially speaking, this is where we answer a, tr- a tweet from our social media accounts. And of course, you can find Adam at SimplyAJ10 on Twitter. I'm at Sports W Coleman, Sports with Coleman on Twitter. But our show podcast Twitter account. And finally, uh, we got Reggie to unlock the DMs. That is at Adam Jones Pod, at Adam Jones Pod on Twitter. Also, Facebook and Instagram. I just don't have the keys to those platforms, just the Twitter at Adam Jones Pod. And Adam, since you were in the city of brotherly love in Philly, as we mentioned earlier, yeah. a city you vetoed a trade to. By the way, did anyone mention, hey, you could have been a Philly once, but you didn't want to come and play here? No, they knew that. They knew that that team wasn't good. <laughs> nobody the, nobody mentioned it nobody last mentioned week. It, no. But uh, you were seeking the ultimate Philly cuisine, which I applaud you for because yeah. there's, there's one thing I don't like is when people go to another city and have like, I don't know, something they could get in every city in America, like Very chicken true. fingers or something. <laughs> but instead, you went for a cheesesteak and yep. you asked on Twitter, where's the best best place to get one? We got this tweet in from at big underscore Stevie. That's at big underscore Stevie with a bunch of E's at the end. He tweeted <laughs> simply to add simply AJ 10, Adam, who makes the best cheese steak in Philly? And I know you had a lot of suggestions and helpers about the best. Oh, I mean, there was it, so many people that were like this one, this one, that one, just naming off. Um, so I went to sources. I mean, I, I love the uh, public opinion, but I went to uh, clarified. It went to sources verified, I should say, and I asked my guy, Mike Silverman, I said, which one do you go to? And my guy Ben worth it. And they were like, go to Angelos. So the first day when I got in, I was I was just close to the city at a long flight. So I just went to a place called Cleavers. Bomb. I put a video up. And I mean, bomb. Everything was good about it. It was seasoned right, cheesy, perfect. I don't like that whiz. Ugh. I had the normal cheese. Then the next day I went to Angelos. That cheese whiz is nasty. I cheese whiz is not good, no. But I went to Angelos. Woo. Now that right there, the bread, it, it was it it, it was good. Is it was better than Cleavers. It's not to say Cleavers wasn't bad, but this was just different. The bread was better, uh, the meat was better, the it just was better. Again, not to put everyone bad. But if I had to say which one's the best, it's the visiting clubhouse. They make the best <laughs> cheesecake. Hands down. They make really? the best cheesesteak and they put numbers, they put graphics on the board in the in there, which team eats the most, which player eats the most, which player eats the most in a day. There's just like total stats up there of like which player is eating the most in a series, three game, four game series. There's so many. Uh, there's Can you so reveal many any names about records being? I know? cannot reveal any names okay. about anything, um, but I believe that the uh, Mets ate the most in a three game series. And, uh, you know, it is fantastic. And any player that's that's ever been through their coaching staff, I mean, any staff that's ever walked in there, they all know that that's where you get it from. So the guys on the outside, all those, you know, I got heard from the Los Angeles and all these other places, which are fantastic. Disney Clubhouse, baby. 
And and you avoided the tourist traps. Like here in Baltimore, we know some places that are big tourist traps for crab cakes. Right. Just like in Philly, they have the tourist trap places. For sure. You know, the, the quintessential cliche places everyone likes to go to. And you know their names. No need Gino's to mention stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I've been there before, though. I went. I mean, I haven't been to Philly so many times because I, a lot of times because of being an American League player. So, uh, the times I went there, the very first time I went, I went to to Geno's, and it was good. Again, I was I was going looking for what I was looking for, so I'm going to make the best of it. I'm not going to say it's nasty, but then when you know about the city and you know about certain plays, places, I mean, like that's when you'd be like, okay, let me let me let me venture out a little bit. So I ventured out and I found you know, some really, really good ones. So hopefully next time I'm there, I can go try a couple other places. Well, you'll spread your wings the next time you're there, which won't be for a little bit, but it's right down the road. So, I mean, right up the road if we're here in Baltimore like we are right now. But I'm glad you got your taste of cheesesteaks. I guess I after two or, th- two or three, you've had your fill, right? Exactly. I had my fill. Uh, I didn't want to overdo it. Um, I didn't have one. That, I did have one the last day, but just one. And uh, I just wanted to. Just right into it. Now I'm in Baltimore. Let me try some of the food here that I've been adding some years. So if you see All me right, out. Ben, you can reach us and uh, we'll answer your tweets at Adam Jones pod on Twitter, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Believe it or not, we're out of time. It went by just like that. Hopefully this episode was better than the first. The next one will be better than the second and so on and so on. I do want to thank our sponsors. They of course include, Jack Daniels, you can get into that bottle very soon. I want to thank our friends at Jack Daniels. There are a lot of ways to make whiskey out there, folks, but there's only one way to make Jack Daniels. Make it count. Jack Daniels, please drink responsibly. A reminder, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, make sure to check out the thebaltimorebanner.com, thebaltimorebanner.com. They're covering the Ravens, the Orioles, the Terps, as well as any news organization around. They also have a great newsroom as well covering the entire Baltimore region as a special for our listeners out there. The banner's offering six weeks of unlimited digital access for just a buck. Visit BaltimoreBanner.com slash AJ. That's TheBaltimoreBanner.com. TheBaltimoreBanner.com, as I'll say it again for a third time, slash AJ to get six weeks of unlimited digital access for just $1. Also brought to you by Be More Around Town. They have the ultimate tailgame. Uh, tailgate experience uh, games coming up obviously against the saints and jacksonville head to be more whether they're on the road or at home be more around town knows how to throw a party so thanks to brian and company over there and our friends at g leaf medical cannabis company visit gleaf.com learn how you can become a medical marijuana patient today just by heading to gleaf.com medical cannabis is of course for qualified Maryland patients only want to thank senior executive producer Chip Franklin. Also, thanks to the judge, Reggie, even though he awarded me a loss. AJ, we'll see you next week and everyone else out there. Go out there and subscribe to thebaltimorebanner.com and have a safe week.